Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show, the number if you want to join us today, is 844-500-4242. We are going to be ta- taking a lot of calls. We'll be talking a lot and taking a lot of calls, and I want to hear from you um, regarding the big news on this beautiful Friday afternoon in December. Tis Friday, and it is a very, very big news day. I'm sure my audience is aware that a federal grand jury in the Golden State returned a nine-count indictment against the smartest man Joe Biden knows. That's right. The artiste, the memoirist, the lawyer, the first son, Robert Hunter Biden, has been charged on multiple tax offenses, including, these are my favorite of the multiple, three felonies. See, I'm partial for those, Jared. I like a felony. If, if I'm going to read the indictment, I'm going to go to those first. Go get him. Now, the craziest part of the indictment is how one part of the country, the deplorables, the boomer rubes, the people who, according to CNN, can't read maps, the MAGA half of the country, that is to say all of the people who are informed about what's going on in the world, we've known about all of these things for years, not months. Not weeks, not days, years. And I should add in that if you're listening and thinking I'm going to poo-poo all these things, well, I am in a way, but y'all know me. I love, I love the tabloid drama. I love the juicy scoop. So I will be rehashing the more sordid details of Hunter Biden's spending. That for me is just, it's a great Friday. If I can go through... And it's not just Hunter. Anytime a Democrat does anything and they start spending money on things they shouldn't, it doesn't matter if it's Hunter Biden, Bob Menendez. I don't care who it is. I'm going to print it out and I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of their spending habits. Because I think you can tell a lot about a person if you break down what they're spending their money on. Like if you broke down, if you looked at my credit card statement, you could tell a lot about me. Eyeliner groceries, diapers. It it, it paints a portrait of my life. And with Hunter, I wouldn't say this paints a portrait. I would say this blows ink through a straw and creates kind of concentric circles that describe the life, the complicated, beautiful life of Hunter Biden. So we are going to get into his corrupt lifestyle. Um, But it does not mean that this shouldn't have happened four years ago. Like, we're not going to give David Weiss, if if you're listening, you're not getting a round of applause here at the Grace Curley Show. You're not getting a pat on the back for, for doing the right thing. So I was late to the office today. And since I was on the road, I decided to, because typically I'd be in here, I'd be reading things. But I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll listen to some podcasts. I'll figure out what people are saying about these charges. 
And I actually landed on Senator Ted Cruz's podcast, which I do like. I don't listen to it all the time. And so I turned it on and he was going back and forth with his co-host about the indictment. And what I appreciated is at the beginning of it, it was a short podcast, but at the beginning of it, he really focused heavily on the 180. And what I mean by that is how Hunter Biden went from almost getting the sweetest of sweetheart deals in the summer. He was like this close to getting a get out of jail free card. Not a card, Jared. This was like a billboard, a get out of jail free billboard in July. And now you go five months later and you have a special counsel david weiss bringing forward a 56 page indictment and so his co-host on the show said how how did we get here like what was the road to this sudden switch up and obviously a huge part of that for people who were listening over the summer i was on maternity leave but i would listen to howie and he was talking a lot about the u.s district judge mary ellen narika and he was praising her for good reason because she questioned this plea deal and, and really she focused on the blanket immunity and whether or not this plea deal was offering blanket immunity to the poster boy of white privilege, Robert Hunter Biden. And between that and other questions raised by Narika, it led to the deal falling apart. But what Cruz pointed out, and if this is not to downplay Narika because I was shocked at the time and I wasn't even, like I said, I wasn't even... Uh, as in the weeds, as I normally would be. But I was shocked at the time that a judge did the right thing when it came to Hunter Biden. That blew my mind. But what Cruz pointed out, and I totally agree with him on this count, is that the real game changer in this story, the part of this story that you cannot emphasize enough, the IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Jonathan Ziegler, Those two men deserve all of it. They deserve all the accolades, all the praise, all the, you know, uh, wonderful write-ups that they're never going to get. They deserve it all because those two men came forward and claimed, and it wasn't a claim that was hard for any of us to believe, that Biden's DOJ interfered in the investigations into Hunter Biden's tax evasion case In an effort to keep the case from, you know, leading back to the big guy. Even if only 10% of Hunter's misdoings lead back to the big guy, it's not good for him. And so you want to talk about people. So yesterday, Jerry, we were doing the show and I got a text and someone said, are you going to talk about the time person of the year? The time person of the year was Taylor Swift. I'm a Swifty. I'm not a Swifty with a capital S. Like, in other words, I'm not insane. But I like Taylor Swift's music. She had an incredible tour. I'm not denying the fact that she was the time person of the year. But if you want to talk about who really deserved to be the time people of the year, it would be these two guys. And they will never have anything close to that. They will never, ever, ever be the time people of the year. And I'm sure they don't care. But since then, they've had their reputations tarnished. One of them, Ziegler, he's a gay man. He actually said that um, that people have tried to ruin his husband's business. These guys had a lot to lose. There are no awards for being a whistleblower against Democrats. There's no magazine covers. There's no invitations to the Grammys or to parties in D.C. There's no interviews on Stephen Colbert's, you know, therapist couch for liberals. 
Instead, your life is put under a microscope and the media does their very best to smear you and make you look like a non-credible source. It was hard with these two men because they were very credible sources. But what I love about their story is they did what was right, not what was easy, not what was profitable, but was right. I applaud them for it. And even if Hunter never pays for his crimes, which I tend to skew that way, I don't think he's going to, uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of justice here. I admire Jonathan Ziegler and Gary Shapley because it took guts to do what they did, to go up against all the president's men and say this, they're slow walking this. This, this, has been, this has been rotten from the beginning. Now, as far as the strategy from Weiss, the DOJ and the Dems, we know they aren't bringing this indictment forward for justice sakes, for justice's sake. And I don't think that's lost on any of my audience. You guys are really smart. They're never doing anything because they want to hold Hunter or Joe or any Democrat accountable. That's not how it works. So what is the end game? That's kind of the question here. And that's what I'm throwing out to the audience. It's 844-500-4242. What I saw from Margot Cleveland, who does a stellar, stellar job of covering the Biden family for The Federalist, she wrote this. She said that even though this indictment is tougher, probably than what a lot of us expected, and it has a lot of, you know, interesting details in it, some of, some of which we've already known, but still fun to go over, she said it should, quote, still cause a great shrug of indifference because the more serious crimes that could reach other members of the Biden family syndicate remain ignored. And I think that, if I had to kind of sum it up in one sentence, is what this is. I don't want to say it's a distraction because there are things in here that are major crimes. Like if it was any, any one of us, Jared, then we weren't paying our fair share. You might actually be looking at the 17 years. It's not going to be 17 years for Hunter. But I, I think that if I had to kind of crystallize it into one thing, it's that they're trying to hit Hunter here with all of these things in an effort to stop the chain from going up to Joe. Like, if we cut it off here and we say these are all of Hunter's crimes, let's focus on this, then maybe the windshield crack stops going, you know, starts, stops spreading its tentacles towards Joe Biden. That's what I think. I'm open to other suggestions. I'm open to other theories. But that's what I make of it. Now, full disclosure, this is the Grace Curley Show. So if Hunter Biden is talking about, you know, if he's taking out $700,000 from the ATM and uh, paying off hookers, I don't care if he's going to jail for it or not. We're going to talk about it. So we'll get to that. I actually have a really good thread that kind of breaks down all of the different uh, purchases that Hunter made. And also the back and forth. That's one part of it I found interesting because my mother is reading Tucker Carlson's book. And Tucker talks a lot about how he was really good friends with Hunter Biden and his ex-wife Kathleen. And I guess, and I knew Tucker was friendly with Hunter. But, and Tucker I think is sober. So he tends to make friendships with people who are struggling. That's just something that a lot of sober people do. They, they try to help other people. Um, but I guess Tucker's wife was very good friends with Hunter Biden's ex-wife. She got a lot of shout outs in here. And Tucker said in his book, 
he wrote in his book that he his wife misses Hunter Biden's ex-wife a lot because she was really nice and she's very smart. He said, unlike Dr. Jill, who I believe he described as dumb and thin skinned. He is very um, he, he is very kind to Kathleen in his book. And based off the interactions here that Hunter has with his ex-wife, Kathleen, I once again am leaning towards she was the only sane person in this whole mix. Like she was saying to him, hey, did you file these taxes? Because I found them in your car. And he's like, oh, yeah, I filed that. That's just a copy. And she wrote back, no, it's not. She's clear in this. She made it very clear that she did not have any idea or was not on board for Hunter Biden evading his taxes. Um, So we'll talk about that. We will play some sound here. I've got Catherine Herridge from CBS, formerly from Fox, breaking down this. And she says it's ongoing. So we could get more information as the day goes on. Call in. It's 844-500-4242. Let us know what you think. Is this all part of a big distraction? Or does this give you a little bit of hope? Do you think Joe is going to officially throw Hunter under the bus? Is that even possible? I don't know if he can. I think he's so entrenched with Hunter's corruption that if he throws Hunter under the bus, Hunter's going to grab him by the collar and pull him right down with him. But I'll take your calls on this when we come back. It's Friday. We're going to have a lot of fun today. This is The Grace Curley Show. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curley. This is The Grace Curley Show. There's a lot to glean from Hunter Biden's spending. But one of the things that Stephen Miller pointed out, which I appreciate, is that a lot of this spending, the hundreds of thousands of dollars on various women, that's how it's described, various women, Um, clothing and accessories, cars, you know, he's living a pretty lavish lifestyle. All of that is while he's simultaneously fighting child support to his daughter in Arkansas. You know, when he's crying, poor mouth, oh, you know, I have to sleep on a cot. I don't have any money. And then he's going to the ATM, taking out $700,000 over the course of one year. Something's not adding up here, but that's the boldness. You know, that's the arrogance that I think is really going to, if Hunter Biden ever has a downfall, it's that. He never thought, he never thought this day would come. And you know what? I said that to Howie this morning. He starts laughing. He goes, it still hasn't come, Grace. It still hasn't come. But I never thought it was going to get this close. And to spend all of this money, and here's the other part of it. It's not, you want to talk arrogance. It's not just the fact that he's fighting child support uh, payments while he's spending all this money. How about the fact that he's writing a memoir while he's doing all of this? I think in his twisted, dumb mind, I know he's the smartest guy Joe knows. He's not the smartest guy I know. I think he thought, Jared, that if he wrote a memoir, that would be like almost double jeopardy or something. Now you, Now you can't. I've already admitted it, so you guys can't charge me for anything. I already wrote it in the book. 
They thought that was going to be a really good way to diffuse any conservative claims against Hunter Biden. Like KJP would say, oh, you know, he already wrote about that in his memoir. It was already in his memoir. He wrote about it in his memoir. Okay. That does not give you a free pass to continue to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on hookers and not pay your taxes. The more you know. Leslie. You can make a billion dollars, make it, but for God's sake, pay your fair share for damn it. Do you think, right do you, now. Do you think Joe's going to have, you know, I know he's got a fancy event in L.A. today, $500,000 a ticket, I believe. Do you think he's going to have this tough conversation with Hunter when he gets home? He's like, hey, come in here for a second. Yeah, pay your fair share. Damn it. I didn't know you were making that much money. No, I don't think that's those those tough conversations are saved for us. That's you know, he likes to be stern when he's talking to the regular people. Leslie, you're up next on the Grace Curley show. What's going on, Leslie? Hi, Grace. Nice to speak with you. You know, if you look back on politicians, you look back to Bill Clinton. He never spent a day in jail. He never suffered any loss for what he did to Monica Lewinsky. But that maggot he's married to has made her life miserable and a lot of other women. Then you look at Ted Kennedy. He killed that girl by drowning her, as far as I'm concerned. He never spent a day in jail. And then you look at the other Kennedy kids, Skakel and all of them. They're all entitled. And if anybody thinks that Hunter Biden is going to spend any time in jail or get anything more than a slap on the wrist. Uh, there's no morality when it comes to politicians. I mean, if my brother or sister or my child went to Harvard, my brother did go to MIT. If he went to, uh, if he if he did that type of uh, protesting, my goodness, he would have been thrown out of school. But it, the entitled have they have their own little world, and this country has lost values and morals and it, it, it it's pathetic to see what's happening leslie so you just gave so many great examples of people who have never had to face any sort of accountability or repercussions for their actions just a plus examples all across the board you brought up bill clinton how he always says he always believed the old expression cheaters never prosper until he saw bill clinton but you're right I- i'm actually surprised that it took howie that long because you had ted kennedy who who got away with murder you had i'm glad you brought up skakel because a lot of people who aren't from this area they're not as familiar i'm not going to go into the martha moxley of it all but if you if you want to learn more about it Here's a shameless plug here. You can get one of Howie's books, Kennedy Babylon 1 or 2, at gracecurdlyshow.com. Click on store. But those were all excellent examples of the fact that there's a double standard, and there has been for decades. This is just the latest in a long list of double standards. Thanks for the call, Leslie. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Before we get into the wild life and times of Hunter Biden, I should let you guys know that there's more good news today. Did you see that the president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, so there's been thousands of people signing on, um, asking her to resign after her pathetic performance alongside the president of Harvard and the president of MIT in a congressional hearing where she could not 
she could not confirm that calling for the genocide of Jews at the University of Pennsylvania constitutes hate speech. And now a lot of a lot of people, a lot of donors, um, a lot of uh, the alumni from University of Pennsylvania and just, you know, people in general are horrified by this and they want her to resign. So yesterday we saw the backpedaling where she said not only and this was really this is a double whammy. If, if you haven't read how he's calling me, it, it's pretty funny. This was a double whammy. She not only was was trying to hide behind the we just really love free speech at the University of Pennsylvania based off the rankings that is not true. But then that wasn't enough for her. Then she brings up the Constitution and she's like, you know, we're, we're big supporters of the Constitution. Again, this is all news to me. And I think it's actually news to Liz McGill that she's a fan of the Constitution. You never would have known that until people started chanting uh, for the genocide of Jews. That's when the Constitution suddenly became this very important part of the University of Pennsylvania. All that to say... I guess today we're expected to find out that she's officially gotten the boot. Yeah. Uh Goodbye. Bill Ackman, who I never thought in a million years that I would be talking about Bill Ackman as much as I have been. He wrote on his Twitter one down. So, yeah, Claudine Gay hopefully is next. And uh, then the president from MIT. But yeah, it's it's good news. I'm surprised. I was going to do the poll question yesterday, Jared, and say, do you think any of these people will be fired? I think we asked Adam Gallet that from Accuracy Media, and he said no. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed that maybe there will actually there will actually be consequences for this kind of lunacy that we're seeing uh, on these college campuses. Go ahead. And I, I think uh, I think it was Adam who brought this up, too. But uh, Josh Shapiro, the governor of Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, he probably had a hand in it, too. I, his voice. This is that's probably what the difference between, you know, having a, a governor that, you know, has not that I love Shapiro, but he has, you know, some moral skin in the game. Yeah. On do, this one. do you think he's the third <laughs> As ever opposed to, you know, just uh, a progressive rubber stamp, like, say, I don't know, randomly pulling a state out of the air, Massachusetts. Yeah, he's the third ever Jewish governor of Pennsylvania, and he has been very outspoken about this, as he should be, as everyone should be, Jewish or not. But you know what it is, Jared, too, is that I wonder if after they did these hearings. So first of all, I wonder if in their minds, I wonder if in the minds of these presidents that like when they went to have their coffee break after and they all sat around and were like, dude, we killed it. We killed it. it. I bet that liberal Twitter is showing us because you know how liberal twitter loves that they love to have these like weird performances from woke people in congressional hearings so they can say look at how they dunked on elise stefanik or look how they they clapped back at jim jordan as queen yes so I'm wondering then after they get after they get the reviews when the reviews come in I'm wondering if anyone pulled a George Costanza like should oh should I not have said that? Should I not have defended the students calling for the genocide of Jews? Was that wrong? You know, if if I had known that was wrong, I got to tell you guys, I would not have done it. I thought I was on the right side of this thing. Now I find out I'm about to get fired? What gives? And Stefanik said it too. It's, this is a very easy answer. Whether you believe it or not, 
no, uh, obviously the university does not support calls for genocide. We're going to look into this. Like, that's that's a very simple answer you can give while not giving an answer that would hold up. And they couldn't even do that. No. No. They had to be openly anti-Semitic. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if the, the other two get the boot, but... Just, again, just a state of the world. And, and by the way, the, the, a really good segue here, and I am going to get to the Hunter Biden stuff, so do not let me forget, and I am going to take your calls at 844-500-4242. But since we're on the topic, Jared, we should play the sound from our Senator Elizabeth Warren. Now, Elizabeth Warren, I just want to kind of, I just want to kind of give you a little bit of how we got here. So after October 7th, she was with Ed Markey at the March for Israel in Boston, I'm not sure if that was the exact name of it, but it was um, a march in support of Israelis. And that was when Ed Markey almost immediately, Ed Markey did not take more than five minutes. Most, even most Democrats, even most far left progressives, Jared, they, they waited a beat before calling for a ceasefire. Like they waited a day or two before trying to change the narrative and say Israel's got to Israel's got to really, you know, put down their weapons here. Not Ed Markey though. Ed Markey is a man amongst men and he decided I'm going to get out right in front of this. So he's like, "Okay, ceasefire now." Elizabeth Warren's in the background when he made that comment and you she saw all of the pro-Israel marchers start booing Ed Markey. And her eyes went wide and she was kind of like, OK, maybe tread lightly on this. So it took her a while. Then she was confronted in Cambridge by a pro-Palestinian protester who has family in Gaza who was saying, you know, why don't you care about my family? How many people have to die for you to call a ceasefire? Since then, she is quickly caving to the far left nuts who also happen to be all of her supporters. Now, she was on CNBC Squawk Box, and I really like this guy, Jared. Do you, do you know his name, the, the host here? It's, it's, um, yeah, let me. It's slipping my mind. But what I like about him, and we'll get his name in a second, what I like about him is the way he f- phrases things. He just seems like a regular guy. Like, he doesn't ask these long-winded, fancy questions. He just sounds like a regular, uh, tired confused person joe kernan do you know what i'm saying though jared he sounds like your uncle at the kitchen table who's going like a normal person what's going on here what's what's going on with all you people you guys are lost your minds he sounds exasperated he sounds like all of us and so he's asking elizabeth warren about these college presidents and let's have cut 15 please jared do you think that these these uh the leaders of these universities the three that you saw should still be in their jobs. You've, you've, you've right. been very outspoken about other people and their jobs. I'm curious about these people and their jobs. Look, they have all said, I think, they have all said that they are wrong. And if you can't lead, if you can't stand up and say what is right and wrong very much in the extreme right. cases, and these are extreme cases, okay. then you've got a problem. Now, first of all, when you've called for other people to lose their jobs, I don't think it ever mattered if those people had a realization that they were wrong. But furthermore, as Jared pointed out, there are certain things that maybe you need some time to think about and then you come to the conclusion, eh, I was actually wrong about that. Here's an example. Howie was talking about 
um, the when that caller a million years ago called in and was giving him a hard time about the Patriot Act and said this is going to be used against us, it's going to be weaponized, and how he said, "Listen, dude, they don't care about you and your and your weed. They're not going to be listening in on your conversations." Years later, how he looks back and goes, "I was wrong. That that guy, Josh from New York, was actually onto something." Tucker Carlson does the same thing. He he looks at the war in Iraq and he says, "I was I was wrong about that." Calling for the genocide of Jews, I don't think requires a lot of hindsight. I don't think it requires a lot of like whiteboard strategy meetings after the fact to kind of play out where we went wrong. What did I say? Could I have phrased that better? It's a yes or no question. And it feels like something you know in your gut. Either you think it's okay to call for the genocide of Jews or you don't. I don't think there's a lot. I don't think you need to have like an evolution to get to that point. So the host continues with Elizabeth Warren. And by the way, you know what's a a telltale sign that a politician's lying to you? When they say, look, 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 people make mistakes here. Okay, people make mistakes. So this is cut 16. Learned in college, Senator, that allowed them to think that if it's levied, uh, leveled at at, uh, Jewish people, it's okay. The same it's people not- that were marching with Black Lives Matter are now the ones, or some of them, uh, that, that would, you know, go to the mat and, and be out every day marching for that, are some of the people now saying genocide to the Jews. Where did that, how did that happen on liberal college campuses? Calling for genocide is wrong. Leaders should no, no, make You keep that, saying that. I, well, I understand that. But how did... I, I mean, it came from somewhere. You don't, you don't think the progressive and, left has any culpability in, in, in driving us to this point right now, Senator? I, th- I think that what has happened is that people feel the pain of the Middle East, and they feel it on both sides very personally. I hate the both sides talk. You know what the two sides of this war are? Israel and Hamas. And they do feel the pain of Hamas. They, they, they see these videos of Hamas, the Hamas soldiers being captured, and they're like, oh, look at our, our freedom fighters. The Intifada fighters are being held captive. They do feel the pain of both sides. Because, and you might say, no, Grace, there's innocent Palestinians. I understand that. But those innocent Palestinians, they're also against Hamas. If you're an innocent Palestinian... Hamas is not helping you. Hamas is using you as human shields. Hamas is building tunnels and storing weapons underneath your home or your hospital or your kid's school. In the kid's schools, by the way, where they're indoctrinating them to hate Jews. So this whole they feel the pain of both sides. It's it's exactly he just asked her, is the left culpable at all? And her response tells you exactly why they're culpable, because she can't even in that short interview she can't condemn these spoiled brats who are morons. She can't condemn these losers on these college campuses. So she has to say, they feel so much. You know, they're just such empaths. They just feel so bad for both sides. No, they're terrorist sympathizers. They are terrorist sympathizers. And they have been coddled. And they have been... And they have been cheered on by the top dogs, the big morons, just like you, Elizabeth Warren. And by the way, it drives me crazy when they're being interviewed and she's going, genocide is always wrong. Girly, you're preaching to the choir. 
Okay, we that host of CNBC, he doesn't need to be lectured by you about how genocide is wrong. You should take that energy to Harvard where you earned what was it? Three hundred thousand dollars for one course. Take that energy to Harvard and teach the kids at Hamas University why genocide is wrong. Don't be lecturing Joe Kiernan on it. I, I think he's good. I think he gets it. I think his viewers probably get it, too. I think Bill Ackman gets it. Grace Curley gets it. Jared Diglio gets it. You know who doesn't get it? All of the young people who also, coincidentally, have Elizabeth Warren bumper stickers on their Priuses. I don't think they get it. So take your lessons and go teach them somewhere else. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we will take your calls. We're going to talk Hunter Biden. I'm going to get to these statements, these credit card statements, because who oh boy, Jared. And I also have a little song for everyone because Hunter Biden's making a list and he's checking it twice. We will be right back. You know, everything's so nuts today. The perfect example is what's going on in college campuses. You have all of this, this younger generation that doesn't understand how many people had to how to make the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms how many people had to die so that they could live in this beautiful country and it's not the time to forget our fallen heroes because despite what's happening around us despite the nonsense we have our military and our veterans and their families to thank for our liberties and our freedoms that's one thing i love about national wreaths across america day it's Saturday, December 16th. What I love about it is it's about the people who made the ultimate sacrifice. And it's also a way to honor their families. Because sometimes you forget how many people are sacrificing so much to keep us safe. It's not just the soldiers. It's not just the fallen men and women. It's their children and their spouses and their parents who are also in this fight and have given us so much. And you can join in the mission to remember our fallen heroes, honor those who currently serve, and teach younger generations the value of their freedoms. We can see right now across this country, it is a much-needed lesson. The younger generation needs to understand the value of their freedoms. And all it costs is $17. A $17 donation to Wreaths Across America sponsors a fresh handmade balsam wreath from Maine with a single red bow. Join the more than 2 million volunteers and supporters who will gather to remember, honor, and teach at more than 4,000 participating locations. Please sponsor, sponsor a veteran's wreath today. Show your appreciation for our veterans. And when you see this beautiful ceremony on Saturday, December 16th, you'll know that you were a part of it. That you're a part of something that's so spectacular and that means so much to so many people. So go to wreathsacrossamerica.org. That's wreathsacrossamerica.org. Please donate now. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. It's a great time to do it before we head into the new year. Call 1-844-A-PERFECT-SMILE 
or visit perfectsmiles.com where you can check out some of the video testimonials and you can hear from people who have had experience at Perfect Smiles and have all loved going there. It's a great crew, so make sure you check them out at perfectsmiles.com. Jared Diglio, what is the poll question on this chilly winter Friday afternoon? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is do you think Joe will pardon Hunter? I'm presuming that there will be charges that have to be pardoned. I think yes. And and Joe has said multiple times that he will not but pardon But does he Hunter. remember? <laughs> yeah, does it count if he doesn't remember? Um, and his team, his team of defenders have said that the president will not pardon Hunter. I think, yes, he will. I think, yes, he will. Um, I don't even think there's a chance that he doesn't at this point. 95% of the audience <laughs> agrees with you. It's actually gone down a little bit. At the, at the beginning of the show, it was up at 98. Howie thought it was going to be 100. He said, I don't think you're going to get 1% that says no. And But once in a while, you got to do a 99 to 1 uh, type of poll question. 844-500-4242. And you can vote at that at gracecurlyshow.com. I think, Jared, that we will talk about Hunter Biden spending when we come back. And actually, though, at 105, before we get into that, I keep pushing it off. But you know what? I don't even care because you guys give me such a hard time. You say, Grace, you tease things and then you never get to it. I know I'm going to get to this. So now it's up to you to stay with us. We will get into the cars, the clothing, the drugs, the escorts and girlfriends all in the next hour. But what I'm happy about, Jared, is that Ben Weingarten was one of the people who I saw on social media was saying, listen, this is a major distraction. Like this is not... This is not really what we should be focused on when it comes to the Biden crime family syndicate and everything that they've done. And so I reached out to Ben. I asked him, could you come on at 105? I think it's important we break that down because as much as I love to go with the dirty details here and air out some of this dirty laundry of uh, Hunter Biden's crazy spending, it's very, very important that we talk about the bigger picture. And compare this this report of what hunter biden did and what he spent and compare that with apparently overestimating the value of some property that you own in florida yeah and which one of those is going to be charged federally first who who in which one of those is going to result in a federally charged convict well i mean i know it's old old hat here to say imagine if this was donald trump jr but it's still it still plays they want to dissolve the trump corporation over this is are they calling for the dis, dis, dissolution of rosemont seneca or rsc seneca or sino Alaska, whatever Alaska. it's called yeah. no i don't think so um also jared i just saw a chiron that cop 28 that climate summit very interesting menu wagyu beef we'll talk about it when we come back 